This episode of The Jake is brought to you by MVI Home Care. Our primary concern is your health and well-being. MVI is built on integrity, respect, communication, confidentiality, and teamwork. We are committed to providing comprehensive, high-quality home health, hospice, and infusion therapy services in a safe, responsible, and cost-effective manner. Our goals and yours are the same. Your care and well-being are our primary focus. What's up, everyone? What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Jake episode 16, the Milt Plum episode. A lot of people don't know who Milt Plum is because he was a quarterback in the 60s, but one of the few to wear number 16. Actually, was quite uh, was quite successful with the Browns, 33 and 16. Made two Pro Bowls, played with Jim Brown, and uh, was setting a passer uh, rating record in 1960, and that lasted till the 80s. But this is not about the Browns this week. This is about one show. Bachelor in Paradise. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Jake Podcast. I got a very special guest this week to talk everything Bachelor Nation. Returning, this is her second time on the episode. This is Sarah Swenerton, good friend of mine. Sarah, what is up? Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Jake, the greatest (laughs) podcast on earth. (laughs) Oh, my God. I am so excited because I have actually kind of like done away with bachelor talk for the last couple weeks i wasn't really paying attention but he waits for me to come on yeah exactly (laughs) but i could not wait this this episode a lot of people thought it was bad so we're going to talk about the finale before bachelor in paradise Mm -hmm. so let's talk about the finale your thoughts well first of all rachel was sitting there watching the whole finale with chris harrison which like i was sitting there and i was like i could not think of anything worse than sitting there watching your own episode back like I have flaming anxiety just even thinking about it. It that was poor girl. It was horrible, and you know what? It, especially it this this one. Like if it were any other finale where right. it kind of wasn't so dramatic and controversial, right. I kind of think like it wouldn't have been that weird. But the way that like it was all centered around Peter, and then it was just like, well, I guess we're not gonna get married, and I might as well. Here's my husband now. I think that she is set on the fact that her eggs are dying, and that she wants to marry someone and have babies right away. And I think if Peter was down to do that, she would have picked him. Yeah, no, I agree with Go that. Go right on into it. <laughs> it. It was so obvious that she wanted Peter to just like want her. Right. But they, I, I was, I was tweeting up a storm right at that moment when they were like freaking out at each other. When she cried her eyelashes off. Yeah, when she cried her eyelashes off because something I would definitely do. Because I've kind of been in that spot of like a oh you know like it I'm just not that into you type thing, but mm-hmm. like he is endure like that like he just doesn't want to propose tomorrow which, which is Peter fine. might be the first reasonable person that's ever been on the bachelor yeah yeah and not for nothing but i really wish people would like me if i cried more oh Jesus. oh my god i know I'll right cry all the time to- i'll cry on the drop of a hat oh i know he finally like he he said what guys will never say and yes. that they want to see emotional girls yes. but and i like a silver that fox. i i i really liked peter all season long it was it was kind of obvious that he was a front Runner, right? You knew right. from episode one, they just had like, they connected on right. the level. They made those jokes about like the gap tooth and everything. And you could see that they were like more in a relationship than really anyone else. Absolutely. So it wasn't I, a surprise. I honestly didn't even notice Brian until late in the season. Okay. To be perfectly honest. Because mm-hmm. I like, he was just kind of, even when he won, he was just kind of there. Yeah. He was I just mean, like. The one thing I'll say about Brian early is I always give a reasonable consideration to the first impression rose, right? Mm. So he got that and I'm like, yeah. look, if you're getting the first impression rose, yeah. that means that person is like really into you quickly. And like there were other hotter guys than him there. So the fact that he got that is still really impressive. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, I, I'm... That guy, I'm, Alex, the, uh... Oh, the Russian guy. Yeah, Russian guy was, was, uh, Peter's, was pretty good. Peter's, no, not for nothing, but Peter is hotter than, uh... Brian. Yeah. Well, I mean, the one thing everyone was saying was like, oh, they think Brian's a smooth talker. And I feel like he was getting kind of a bad rap for that all season long. I was like, I don't know. He just seems like 
he's just good looking and people are like saying, oh, he's probably not that real and shit like that. Uh, yeah. Honestly, if I were her, I probably would have picked Brian, to be perfectly honest. He has a career. He has a great family. He would, I mean, he was a smooth talker, but not like that smooth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think he, they, people just couldn't find something wrong with him, so they tried to find something Oh, wrong yeah. It was so unfair when he was in Dallas with her family. Like, oh, my God. They, they ripped him apart. They only picked on him. They exactly. didn't pick on anyone else. Like, when they, well, they I were... Think, I think everyone knew Eric was not going to win, right? That's fair to say. Maybe, maybe that's the case. Maybe... Like, no, Eric was just weird. Uh, like, that was, that was not going to be a thing. Yeah, well, I mean, I never really thought... I thought top four was a very big stretch for him. I was... Shocked to see him there. Same. So I'm not surprised about him like leaving the way he did because I was like, look, Brian and Peter were my top two for some time. I always really liked Dean, but I knew I'm like, there's no way, there's no way she's picking a guy that young. Yeah. But he'll go far. For some reason, I really thought that guy Will was going to be. Oh yeah. I don't know why. Well, here's the thing. She want the moment she decided that this guy isn't the one, it was over. So yeah. even though she had a lot of interest and more interest yeah. in some of these guys, the moment she realized it isn't it, yeah. she cut them she loose. She has, like, the lawyer mentality. She, yeah, yeah. She like, was like, I've, I've found enough evidence that I know you're not going to be the one, so you're gone. Even though... She's very, like, reasonable and right. very, like... Yeah, and, and... Analytical. If you go back to previous seasons, let's just say, like, JoJo right now, mm-hmm. um, she'll keep guys that she knows better over guys that she doesn't know that well... Right. Meanwhile, it was the complete opposite. It was like, right. hey, if I know you enough and know that you're not the best, right. I'm going to keep the guys I barely know, which is why in the top six, there were two guys that right. know, I completely forget their names. Same. Like, it was just, it was the one guy with, like, the puppet thing. Well, no, no, he, I don't even know. I, to be honest, I don't even remember. I remember it going from, like, eight and then all the way down to, like, four. Right. So, yeah. I, I'm not, I'm, after Dean, it was just, like, a bunch of nobodies. Right. So, so let's start with the first fantasy suite uh, yeah. date was mm-hmm. with Peter. Yeah. So, you know, it was all good. And then they went into the fantasy suite and it literally looked like a Rutgers dorm room. Yeah. A woman's Rutgers dorm room. <laughs> and I looked at it. There was a fucking canopy. Like one of those um, mosquito canopies. And I instantly, my boner deflated. <laughs> instantly. I saw that and I was like, that is just not fair. That is not fair to Peter. Oh, man. You know what? Like, I wasn't even thinking about that. I don't have, like, that girl's point of view where I'm, like, looking about, like, the amenities in the room and stuff like that. I was just like, all right. When, it was a futon. We, it, there was a futon. Wow. It just, all right, goes to show what I and miss Christmas out on. Christmas lights. Yeah. Well, yeah, Christmas lights is definitely, like, a post-college <laughs> thing. Not you a, have them in your room. I know, I know. <laughs> like, in my quote-unquote studio. <laughs> But I, you know what, going to his date though, like out of all those things, none of that mattered because they got so real in the talk. And that's the one thing I like about them is they always had that like very real mentality. Like, and, and that's the biggest thing I have against like her picking Brian. She didn't have the relationship she has with Peter with anyone else. She was so much further along with him. It just... It crumbled that one night. I didn't right. even understand they were breaking up. Like, I was watching it. I had to rewind it, like, twice because I was getting texts from, like, four different people. And you weren't watching at the time, so I yeah, couldn't talk to you. But yeah. my cousin, Marissa, was, like, was asking me. She was like, what just happened? Did they just break up? I don't understand what's going on. I'm like, this is the craziest fantasy suite ever. Well, this the was thing nuts. that you have to realize is when they get engaged, so like, quote-unquote, that's when they start dating. Yeah. So that's all Peter was trying to say. All Peter was trying to say was like, listen, like, this is when we're going to start dating. Is when we, like, go home and, like, have a stressful day at work and then get back from work and have to make dinner. Like, stuff like that. Like, she was, all she wanted was a proposal. She wanted a ring and that was it. And Peter was just trying to say, like, listen, like, we can leave this legally through ABC and just leave as boyfriend and girlfriend, and I promise you, like, it'll be good. But, like, yeah. I think she just wanted that commitment, which is fine. Like, kudos to her. But, like, I think that was really brave of him and really smart of him to say something like that. And, like, not just get down on one knee just for shits and giggles. Yeah, I like that he was honest. I like that he put it all out there because it did seem pretty reasonable thing to right. ask. Like, it's not like he was breaking up with her. And 
I don't think he was trying to like play her either. It's not like he was no. trying to get out of a commitment. Mm -hmm. It's like it's not that ridiculous to say I'm not ready to propose after what a month, a month right. and a half. Like I think it was like six weeks. Okay, so like say let's say it's six weeks. Let's say it's two months. Like that's it's not. not that's nothing. So right. and she's a really reasonable person. That's the part I didn't get is that. She's so she smart. must have liked Brian. Like, she, she must have really, really liked Brian. Yeah, I guess. Because she, it seemed like she was really throwing it away and being dumb because right. she wasn't going to be getting a ring. And right. it's like, Rachel, and you, you know, you're smart. There's a lot smart. cut out and stuff, too. Well, yeah, you always got to keep that in mind, that there's so much that happens off camera mm -hmm. that you really don't see. So What I will be disappointed in is if Peter is The Bachelor. I'm oh, gonna be no. Like, no. I'm they gonna can't like, do that. you are... Uh, two-faced if you become The Bachelor because yeah, he because just he, said this thing isn't for you. Yeah, no, he he cannot be the pick for The Bachelor. Right. But then again, you know, we didn't think Rachel or Andy would be picks either being like mm -hmm. this lawyer type thing. So yeah. I know it might be slightly different when picking The Bachelorette. Right. I just think in terms of Bachelor that they have other better candidates than picking Peter who's, they need to get younger. And they need to go Dean. Dean. They need to go Dean. I, Dean oh, is Dean would I be Dean. a great. He's got that great like, like laughing smile he's type adorable. thing. He's he's like the cutest little yes. thing in the world. You want to just like put him in your pocket yes. and like run around. Yes. But I, I think they got to go Dean. He's young, so they can get like younger people back right. on the show. They've gotten girl oh, bitches will go crazy. Bitches for Dean, will which go I crazy will for love. Dean. Yeah. I live. They for will, when they get slutty. The claws, the claws will get out, and and knowing that he's like younger, they they will get. Slutty. Yeah, he'll get cougars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I. I have a lot of confidence if they pick Dean that it would be a really good season because oh, they need to go away from they've had some older guys recently and they've yeah. had even like Rachel is in her 30s. Let's right. get back to getting like a 25, 26 yeah. year old. Yeah. Dean is and also we're, we've gotten away from what the show is about. Right. Nick was a horrible pick for The Bachelor. Gross. The Bachelor started with like finding a guy that was an absolute catch. Nick had right? a speech impediment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and Nick wasn't a catch. Nick was a guy that like has been on the show for a while. Disgusting. Dean's a catch. Now he's, he's not like the prince that they had in season three, and he's right. not like the millionaire they had in season one. Right. But he's young, right. he's he's handsome, he's so he's funny, sweet. he's sweet. Like right. Dean would be a great pick right. for Bachelor. So if they went Peter it would just be more of like the same old that they've been doing and it's recycled and it's horrible. Right. Um, can I bring up Juan Pablo? Oh yeah, go ahead. Because <laughs> all right. So Chris Harrison in the middle of the show brought up a, a like an Instagram post or whatever from ABC that Juan Pablo has gotten engaged or whatever. No, and, married. Oh, he already got married. Yes. Wow. Okay. So I didn't know that. I, I just He's assumed. Already married. Wow. Didn't know that. Um, every muscle, Fiber in my body cringed. Uh, my left eye began twitching. And I just... My heart went out to his mail-ordered bride. <laughs> that fucking married that piece of shit. That's all I have to say. I mean... I don't know. Maybe she didn't have a TV or anything or internet from where she was coming from that she didn't maybe know Maybe she this has guy's... a mental lexicon of 50 words. That could also be the situation. So you weren't a fan of Juan Pablo? Juan Pablo sucks. I know. I know. He was really bad. I mean, the whole like Isoke okay thing. But like that was so entertaining at the time. Very. And a lot of people are like, oh, the worst, the worst, the worst. And he was like horrible. But at the same time, I'm like... That makes me think of this episode, right? Yeah. A lot of people were talking about this episode being, like, one of the worst finales ever. Yeah. And I'm like, hold on. It's the best finale ever. This was the most unpredictable finale. Right. It was so shocking the way she sent Peter, like, yeah, her and Peter broke up. Finale. And then she just picked Brian when it looked like it was just a backup. Yeah. Like, she literally, she literally shrugged her shoulders <laughs> in the middle of his proposal of like well it was I so guess windy. I guess this is what I'm gonna do it with the rest so of my windy. life it was so windy it topped that cliff the all the tweets like, coming in the fuck out of here let's just get married all know, the like. tweets coming in were like okay finish him Rachel like like cut him off right now it looked so just like I'm sorry man like this is just gonna end poorly and yeah. it's gonna be boring and yeah. it's gonna be lame and instead she accepted and, and in like a manner of like a yeah, you are great. Yeah, no, he's great. No, he's a, great, guys. Manner, he's great. It was a matter of, oh my god, that ring is so pretty. Put it on my finger. That's what she said. Yeah, that's like a really horrible and that's reason. Like, oh, 
no, like, you can get a better ring than that. Like, it's going to be okay. And it's like, how important is the Neil Lane ring? Is it just like... I'm going to make an aesthetic assumption about Brian. Okay. It's going to be kind of rude. But his facial cheeks are bigger than my butt cheeks. <laughs> when he smiles, it looks like he's got chock full of nuts in his mouth. So that's like a bad thing is what you're saying. It looks like he got Botox gone wrong. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm gonna say. It's so rude. Uh, well, I mean, it, they go, they they chose this life. Like everybody, once they go on and they sign those waivers yeah. for for yeah. ABC, yeah, yeah. they open themselves yeah. up to all criticism. Like, I mean, people can tell me I have a big forehead, like you know, like things like that. I'm just saying, this guy, he's got really big cheekbones. Oh my god, the fat in his cheeks. It's adorable, but haunting the one thing i'll say is and we've completely avoided eric because we kind of knew he wasn't yeah. gonna win i think he did a good job coming back on the show and not looking like a loser or anything yeah. like that like out of the three guys going into that episode i think he looks the best after all of it because brian had this whole like well you were the backup choice in one mm -hmm. peter everybody did a complete 180 on mm -hmm. eric everyone was like okay we didn't think you were going to win and then you came out, you you took it like a champ, you you were like stuck with your guns by saying like, you know, I do love you and everything even though I lost. And then came back and he actually looked pretty good. His yeah. beard was in shape yeah. and everything. Like, I was like, you know what, Eric kind of like was the winner of He's the gonna night. He's going to have no problems in life. Yeah, no. And it's <laughs> actually, I was actually picking him to be on Bachelor in Paradise. And it was probably it, too late. Oh, you know what? That's probably right. Because it, it just aired tonight, and they're literally bat airing Bachelor in Paradise next week. Yeah, that's so a good point. So you probably missed the cutoff. Yeah. Are we uh, are we done with Bachelor? Do we have any other uh, uh, other notes on this? Because, you know, we kind of covered it. I mean... Um, I, the only thing else I have written down about Brian is that um, Brian got Rachel a present, which everyone loves a present, you know? Uh, maybe not everyone, but I do. And uh, her present... Was a Spanish dictionary. Oh, yeah. A handwritten, possibly, Spanish dictionary. So, uh, my question is, what the hell is ABC's budget? Because... Yeah, yeah, I, I hear you. First of all, Patrick got a dorm room for mm -hmm. the fantasy suite. Yeah. And Brian's giving a dictionary? Is their budget two ninety nine? Like, I don't understand. I, I, you know what? You're right. Um, which is crazy because you look at what they did for The Bachelor and Nick Vial. They they literally flew to, like, seven destinations. Yeah. They're giving her, like, Salt Lake City. Like, yeah. stuff yeah. like that. They, like, doubled, like... they doubled down on Dallas. They, like, they, like stayed there, like, extra long and stuff. You're actually right about this whole budget thing. Like, I, I don't want a dictionary. I'd throw that shit at the wall. I'd punt. I'd throw it in the air and I'd punt it. I, You know what? At first, I thought it was, like, the cute gift because, like, every year they have, like, the, oh, end of the season cute gift, whether it's, like, a little handwritten note or, like, something they bought at, like, a, a you know, little tiny shop in the middle of, like, Guatemala or something. Mm. I don't really know. But I, I thought, I was like, okay, this is that, like, ABC-sanctioned, like, thank you gift. Mm -hmm. But you're kind of right. They kind of seemed like they, they ran out of money towards the end of the season. I really think they ran out of money. That's really funny. Like, I am expecting some... If I'm The Bachelorette, I'm expecting something fan-fucking-tastic. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, and that might be the inner asshole in me. But it's yeah. true. Yeah. No, that's fair. Um, that's that's really interesting. Uh, just final on, on that, though, on the whole finale. A lot of people freaked a lot of people were like, this is the worst ever. I will stick with my guns. That's the best finale I've ever seen. I thought it was because great. Because of the unpredictability, because of the fact that you're like, this is gross and horrible and I can't look away. That was the, That's the best. I'm so done with the cookie cutter finale. Me too. With all the like... He proposes to the girl that was that was favored the whole season, mm -hmm. or she picks the guy that she obviously liked. Like JoJo and Rogers was Robbie, just yeah. uh, uh, no 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 not Robbie uh, Jordan Rogers. Oh they, yes, yeah, yes. they were just like it was decided in episode one that oh, yeah. they were going to be it. Oh yeah, and Nick Vial, you you kind of knew who the favorites were there. Yeah. So like it it's it's been. Kind oh, of cookie and cutter are, recently. And people are going to say this was the worst finale ever. What about the one in Iowa? Oh. Where they were in a barn. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's bad. Okay. Yeah. They really need a facelift. At least they're in Spain. Bachelor Nation needs a facelift, but I think next week is the best ever facelift. The best opportunity. crew this for is Bachelor gonna be, in Paradise. This is going to be so wonderful. Bachelor it, in Paradise. I, Jake and I just watched the preview. Yeah. It's, and I made him rewind it four times. It's unbelievable. So... We'll just run through the cast real quick. We're not going to run through the whole cast because right. we've done this actually yes, a couple yes, weeks yes. ago. Mm -hmm. But I want to hear a couple names that you think are going to be kind of like the standouts. Like, So mm -hmm. start with like one that you really like. Um, I really uh, I really like Christina, the Russian girl. She's oh, got a yeah. good story. I, I was a big she, fan of hers. So. I really thought she was going to win Nick Vile's mm -hmm. season, which I didn't want her to win because I didn't like Nick Vile. I think yeah. that that girl deserves a lot better, and I think mm -hmm. she's really cool. The way she left also Nick season two mm -hmm. was like she like almost like stormed out of there like she you was know, like uh, I've been through worse shit so I'm just gonna get the fuck out of here because you're weird. All the girls that that like Nick didn't get were all like a lot better than him. Anyway. Oh yeah, like, so I, I'm happy that. to I'm yeah. happy to kind of see them like on the show. I'm gonna say a uh, curveball. Okay. Um, Vinny. Has a great oh, personality. You, Maybe it's because we're from New Jersey. Yeah. Oh, I don't buy that at all. I'm I think he's got a great personality. I'm over the whole Vinny thing. Like, I'm like, he's just like a regular... He's a, he's a jag. He's just a guy, you know? Yeah. He's just there. Like, and, and he doesn't he doesn't bring enough, like, sizzle. Yeah. He doesn't bring enough of, like, the what I, I go that, for the show for. I think that he is, like, normal. Yeah. Yeah, no, he <laughs> I is. I think that's the problem. Yeah, that's probably the thing is, like, he's, like, New Jersey normal to us, and I don't know, maybe that's, like, weird for other people, but to, right. to me, it's just, like, I don't know, he's just a guy. So, yeah. I don't know, maybe you're right. Maybe he's a veteran of this place, and he'll have some fun, but yeah. I, I, I would disagree with you. I really like Raven. Yeah, uh, Raven's a Raven's good one. very young, too. Raven's only, like, 24, 25. I think, yeah, Raven was going to be one of my picks, but I think Raven's going to have a lot of fun, and I think she might jump around from guy to good, guy. Good, she should. Yeah, so um, my first one that I have to pick is Robbie. He kind of ended uh, his season with JoJo. It was, you know, he really thought he was going to get picked. Uh, there was a lot of, like, gay controversy about him, which was really interesting. I think he's just well-kept. Yeah, I think so, too. <laughs> I think he's just kind of like he... I think he's a swimmer, and the swimmers like to shave their arms and yeah. shave their legs. And he like, likes dressing like... well, and yeah, he's, like, he's, he's like preppy. really in shape. Like, yeah. Like, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But um, I, I think he's going to be really interesting this year. Probably going to get with a couple different girls. Maybe be a heartbreaker. I don't know. Uh, Taylor is one that bothers me. Because oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I find her to be very condescending. Yeah. Like, she's she just is like, oh, I'm 23, I have a master's degree, I know this, like, she's just sputtering out words, and I'm like, all right, well, I'm 23, I have a master's degree, and I'm not a raging asshole. Yeah, I, you know what, I honestly only think she's there because Corinne's there. For sure. And For the sure. fact that, like, she was on last she's, season. She's kind of cute. She's yeah, no, she's, she's cute. Yeah, I, I, she's pretty. Yeah, she, she's pretty. Yeah, yeah, she's a pretty girl, but, like... I, I really think they're just hoping to, like, recreate drama. Yeah. And, and hopefully they just both avoid each other. And yeah, maybe. And and maybe they will. Maybe it'll just Because I'm kind of sick of that storyline. Yeah. I think they need to just... They need to, like, redo redo their whole thing. Um, someone else. I, I, I really think... And, and this is someone that maybe a lot of people won't expect, but Danielle M. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot... I heard her get called Xanax Eyes a couple times <laughs> last it. year. I would love but, to be called that. Yeah. You'd love to be called that. I'd love to be like on a current Xanax drip. At yeah, all times. I mean, if like you're a Bachelor in Paradise or Bachelor, maybe that's the way to go. But I think she actually has like more personality to show anyway. Uh -huh. So um, I like her a lot. She's a nurse. I think she'll be a lot of fun, and I think she she'll maybe like break out a little bit more than she did on uh, she next got season. A boob job. Oh, is that? Is that that's a thing? That's when she was like kind oh, of Oh, that's right. She said that in the in the trailer. Yeah. Which like I mean, can we do a slow clap? Like that's good for her. Okay. Slow clap for the boob job. All right. But my final I don't I don't know how many numbers we're doing, but I really want to point out Jasmine. <laughs> I think I think Jasmine's going to be like wild. Like oh, like for sure. like aggressively wild. She likes choking, right? Yeah, just choking men. I don't. I don't know. I think that's gonna. We're gonna find that out like pretty soon. I think that was in the trailer. It's actually funny that like of the like the eight people we pointed out that we didn't mention either Corinne 
or Demario. I'm just over it. The only two that have confirmed drama. I know. I'm like, it's too bad that we're over it before it makes it to TV because it was the topic. I've read all about it. Yeah. It was like the topic for like a month in that they had to shut down shooting and they just, I I mean, it's pretty crazy, but I mean, I saw the twins in the preview and I wanted Mm -hmm. to instantly launch myself in front of a running lawnmower. The twins, the twins, the twins have zero else going for them. They really, they, (laughs) they really are just like young and pretty. And like, I know that's like half of being on the bachelor, but like, they're not even like, I don't know. I guess they cry a lot. What depth do they have? I don't know. I just hate the, like the little loophole of like one one twin keeps the other. I'm like, I'm like, get away from it. You have a lot of like drama filled people. You don't need two you people that aren't twins. really all that entertaining. I'm gonna throw a curveball in here. Last thing I'm gonna say. Okay. That girl Sarah Vendel. Mm-hmm. She was on Nick's season. She didn't get a lot of airtime, but I'm thinking she's gonna be a big. Yeah, so she's she's one of those. I love her. I think she's, she's so pretty. She's gonna be one of those additions, those yeah. like in mid-season an addition. And I I think she's really cool. She like her whole shtick was like she was like a runner, like she was and wearing the sneakers, yeah. and and she was a teacher. She seems like cool, wholesome. Like like she seems like someone that you're gonna like, yeah. and like that every guy will like. So yeah, I think she's actually one of those. Like it's actually a good inch, like interesting point. Like one of these guys is gonna really like her. And she's the type that will leave here in a relationship. Right. So she, she'll be a last minute addition. Yeah. Of. Yeah. She'll be and, and and she'll find a guy that's kind of just looking for a nice girl and and hopefully yeah I, I want to see some relationships out of this I want to see something I'm rooting for love I'm always rooting for love I'm rooting for love that's but the one good for you Rachel the one I'm not rooting for is Dean because I want him to be oh, yeah. the next Bachelor one thousand I'm like Dean have all the fun in the world here. Don't get engaged after literally like two weeks of filming. It's not this. gonna be Peter and it's not gonna be Eric. No, it's gotta be Dean. Dean is is set to be the bachelor. And Dean, you, you've gone through all the crap of being on the Bachelorette of dealing with all the guys. You know you are going to be the pick. So Girls will I'm go really hoping I'm really hoping nothing happens with Dean on the Bachelor in Paradise so he can just be the bachelor in January. Right. Yeah. But it should be so much fun. We're definitely going to have you on at the end of the Bachelor in Paradise season. Yeah, or we'll because, try to live podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. A Facebook mm-hmm. Live of one of the episodes. For the, the fans, episodes. you know. For the fans. Yeah, we can absolutely do that. But Sarah, I really appreciate you coming on. This was a phenomenal Bachelor cover of just both shows. We, we even touched a little bit on next season of The Bachelor. So this is this. Yeah. We touched on all three of the seasons. Yep. This is great. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Jake. To all the Jake fans, thank you for listening for... Bachelor Nation. Thank you to Bachelor Nation. This was Burning Roses on the Jake Podcast. (laughs) Thanks, Sarah. champions that song is not being played by mistake today see if you know me you know that early august is dodgeball time right this year was the ninth annual scotto dodgeball tournament now this tournament has been going on like we said nine years uh started when we were in high school and the scottos my neighbors good friends of mine i'm a groomsman in tom's wedding and good friends with John and Mike as well, the brothers. And 
they started little dodgeball games when we're in high school and they got bigger and bigger as the summer went on and a year later we're in college we had 60 kids wanting to play so we started a tournament and we had the originals captains uh and and stayed captains throughout so guys like jack clark brendan canning uh, all three scotto brothers mike tom and john nick hudak myself are the original captains and the last one has usually switched year in and year out but uh those are usually the captains and we've seen a lot of scotto championships I mean, it's no, you know, it's no mistake that Tom and John are usually winning because they're pretty athletic, pretty smart athletes. And, uh, well, I think Tom has three, and I think John also has three championships in the nine years. Last year, Michael won his first. 2016 was a year of the um, underdogs and the upsets, so to see Mike finally win his, it was a pretty great moment. Uh, it felt right at home with the Cleveland Cavaliers coming back down 3-1 against the Warriors. Felt at home with the Chicago Cubs, breaking their 108-year drought. So I was very happy to see Michael win last year, uh, but it made me the lovable loser. It made me the one guy who hasn't won, and I don't think it's any surprise that I'm not the same dodgeball player today as I was a few years ago, you know, my college years giving it my all. So I'll just put it at, you know nicely to say I'm not the same dodgeball player. I've had some good seasons. I made it to the finals in 2014. Last year I was the one seed, but uh, in 2014 I fell short. And then last year I was the one seed and well, it all, it all fell apart real fast and was eliminated pretty quickly. So this year ended up drafting first overall Chris Hewitt, one of the best athletes in the draft. And a lot of people said, oh, we've seen this combination before and it hasn't worked out. And I uh, took Chris Tuzio with my second round pick. And Chris Tuzio I've never even played with before, but I knew that he's been around and I wanted guys that were going to be smart and knew how to play. And Tuz, Tuz was great for me. Tuz was, uh, I mean, you know, both both Chris Tuzio and Chris Hewitt both knew how to play. There were veterans around here. We were 0-3 in the preliminary round which got us the eighth and final seed in the playoffs, the bottom seed, meaning we're going to have to play Tom, the one seed, in the first round. But I was okay with being 0-3. You know, the prelims was just prelims. We wanted to, you know, kind of feel out the team. We wanted to find what was going on. You know, I needed to know, you know, these guys, Nolan and Austin, I never played with them before. I wanted to see what Brian Gentoso could give me. I wanted to see, you know, what, I, what I, Tyler Cully could give me. And, and I wanted to know what my team was going to look like, you know, what uh, kind of team I was going to have. And Colin Richmond, I needed to know what kind of player he was. So I wasn't giving it my all in the prelims. I was saving it, and I wanted to see what my teammates could give me. And I was not disappointed. I knew exactly, exactly what needed to happen. I, uh, I often gave Tyler, Tyler Cully a ball and said, listen, I need you to freeze a good player. Don't let him throw. If he throws, you peg him. And a lot of people were laughing every time I said, freeze Tom or freeze John. And yet it worked because we made a huge upset by beating Tom in the first round. And eventually we lost in the second round to Mike Scotto. But that just sent us into the loser's bracket where we eliminated Nick Hudak, eliminated Brendan Canning, and then eliminated John Scotto to get to the finals against Michael. Finals is best of three. Uh, but on our way there, everybody had their moments. Colin Richmond had a big final out. Brian Gentoso kept us alive a couple times. Tyler Cully made his plays. And even the younger guys, I didn't know that well. Austin and Nolan, they made their big plays. And of course, my draft picks, they were great too. I mean, it was, it, you know, Chris, Chris Hewitt and Chris Tuzio, they made plays for me and my team really came together. We've won the first game pretty handedly. The second game ended with a bit of a controversy. It looked like my team was falling apart there. We had a big lead. I think it was five guys left to two guys. And uh, Matt Forcillo made some plays, but also my team kind of crumbled. We crossed over the line and, and got a couple of bad outs. And then he uh, beat beat Chris in a, in a war, in a war situation. But I'm going to bring on the commissioner of the league,
In a minute, we're going to have Commissioner Tom Scotto on to tell us about this tournament. But uh, before before he comes on, I want to just tell you that we are the champions was no accident. After the Game 2 loss, I told my team, listen, our backs were against the wall all day. Nobody expected anything out of us, and we ended up winning it all. Uh, in Game 3, I was out early, but Colin Richmond got me in on one of the best plays we've ever seen in dodgeball. And it was magical. Uh, the pictures really captured the emotion. And it was my first win ever. And it was big. I mean, like I had won and I knew that a lot of people were rooting for me because, you know, they, you want to see the underdog win. I was the bottom seed. We'd never seen a bottom seed win before. And uh, a lot of people doubted me. A lot of people doubted me. But we finally got the victory. So uh, to... To go over the tournament all together, we're going to have on a very special guest, close personal friend of mine, and dodgeball veteran of the Scotto tournament, Mr. Tom Scotto. All right, so this week on The Jake, we got a very special guest, one of the originals of the Scotto Dodgeball League, three-time champion and good friend of mine, Tom Scotto. Tom, what's going on, man? Jake, what's going on, man? Dude, what a tournament this year. I mean, it's one thing coming from me, but what would you think? Well, of course, coming from you, Jake, getting your first championship, that's a big feat. Yeah. Year nine, Jager coming in. I mean, this is like this was like uh like like after two retirements on my part too. Like I've I've been in and out of the league and and uh, and you know Mike I think set the table last year for like upset city. But you never retired. You just played every year, right? I did like a little retirement tour, but I just I just never retired. I was like, uh, okay, this is like the year I had James Christopher on my team. I was like, all right, James, like you know this is it. This is my last one, and and. That didn't go too well. Yeah, well, speaking of Mike, so, you know, we're going for your championship. You took down Mike in the finals. Yeah. It's close to getting the first back-to-back, so I was definitely rooting for you, so nobody had that. Had no one ever done a back-to-back before? No one's ever done a back-to-back. That's crazy, considering you and John each have three wins, but none ever back-to-back. That's pretty, cra- that's pretty well, we, crazy. We did six in seven years. Wow. Yeah, with Jack Clark having seven, the only yeah. one. Yeah, that is pretty crazy. So, so all right. I, I told the I told the fans already. I went zero three in prelims, and you were the one seed. Did you really think I had any chance in uh in, in the first round? I honestly thought you were going to win. I told you that before we went into it. It's the curse. You mm-hmm. know, if something goes zero and three, you're just bound to get the right bounces. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know what? And and that was the thing was like you, you didn't really have anything go wrong early on for your team. And my team, like, yeah, we went 0-3, and it was, like, ugly, but it was also just, like, a, a couple bad luck here and there. The ball was eventually just going to, like, roll our way. And you, and when you make an upset like that, you not only need to play well, but you kind of need those, those like, jump balls type situations. Well, I mean, if you're going to you go on the dodgeball history, I mean, one of the greatest five seconds ever, Jake, you got a five-man swing it. Seconds. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't even going to bring that up. I was just waiting for you to kind of cue me in for that. But for the fans that weren't there, there was a peg. I forget who I hit first. And uh, it, it was like a double hit on two of your guys. And then I made a catch. And for those who know, the rule on a catch is you bring one in. So that was um, immediately your three go down. I have one come in. And then on that catch, I got out. Uh, who was... Uh, Who's your big kid? Was Ryan Holt on your team? Or? No, it was Liam. Liam came up to challenge you, and you top-scotted him. You got him right in the leg. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. The little the little bounce pass, almost, like the like the chest pass. usually never worked out in your favor. No. I'm horrible at that. It always works in my mind, but it never works when I actually go for it. Like the the like the little man close game. Like I'm a I'm a deep ball guy. I I never do well up up on the line. Yeah, it's like when you used to practice three pointers in fifth grade. It's just 
<laughs> that's a, that's a good like a really good analogy there. It's like get on the block, big man. <laughs> All right, so so yeah, you're right. I mean, it was a one of my best moments ever in in what helped in the big upset. There was a kind of a controversial ending there, but uh, the refs did see you get tagged on the shirt. Um, after beating you, what were your thoughts? All right, because like then you guys had a couple really unlucky breaks in the losers bracket, and you went down pretty uh, pretty quickly to Nick Hudak. Yeah, again, it's just dodgeball. I mean, I hit a kid in the leg and popped up in the air right into his hands. There's mm-hmm. really nothing you could do. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, <laughs> that was it. We were done. One two. Yeah, you're like Jesus. Like you know, so you know what? Like what a hot start in the prelims, and then just a quick out, and it's tough. Like. When you go into that loser's bracket, and it's just like anyone's game right there. But, um, so, all right, after... Forget, forget about my, my story. How about, let's get to the finals, James. Yeah, no, I'm here, I'm here. What do you want to talk about? So, first game, you, you run train, right? You guys are on the garage side. Yeah. You need John to get into the finals on the garage side. Right. Then you got Mike in the finals, win the garage side again. You beat me on the garage side. So you must like it over there. Yeah, you know what? I the one thing I kept telling my team was backs against the walls, right? Like we we went 0 and 3 in prelim. We beat you with on garage side. When we lost to Mike in the next round, we were actually on the opposite side. We we're on house side. So and for the people that don't know, yeah, yeah. So so garage side is considered the away team because. On your backs, you have the garage doors, which this year the garage doors were rolled up, but there's still the net, and that provides a bit of a dis- disadvantage because the balls that you dodge usually hit the wall pretty hard and bounce back to the other team. So it's kind of just like pitching practice where the ball just keeps on coming back, and unless you make a couple nice stops, you're at a quite a disadvantage. And it was surprising that my team played so well on that side, but it, I mean, m- the majority of our wins came there, including the two wins in the finals and the big upset over your team. So 13 of 15 teams won on the, or it was 12 of 15 won on the home side in the prelims, and I think you guys were two of the losses. Yeah, yeah, that, I mean, that could probably be, I, I don't know, yeah, I mean, we, we lost all three of our games, so it's a good chance it was. Yeah. I mean, so you get the- so you win the first game, mm-hmm. go to the second game, right? Yeah. You guys are, you guys are, it's over, right? Well, so the one thing I wanted was like, God, I do not want success to get to their heads because Matt Forcillo is going to drag the hell out of this. And like, we needed to stay patient and my team, me included, because I was already out at this point. We were not patient. We got a little too aggressive. And by a little too, I mean like three guys literally went over the line and got themselves out. Like, like I know Matt Fursillo, you know, Mike's touting him to be like an MVP candidate and he played really well, but three of the outs were our own doing right there at the end. And then he made a couple really nice plays to force game three. It was impressive, but at the same time, I'm like, we really gave it up there. Like that was a that was a really big moment for me to t- tell my team. Like, listen, guys, put that shit away. Let's go win game three. Our like we've always done well w- with our backs against the wall. Yeah, I mean, I was I was sitting there watching it, and I'm like, this is not happening. Three guys go across the line. The game's over. You had the big throwers out. All you had to do was be patient. And then I'm thinking, oh no, now they have to go back to the garage side. And I'm like, not only is Mike gonna is Mike gonna win, but now I'll see one of the greatest collapses in dodgeball history. Yeah, that would have been that would have been rough too because there's a bit of a controversial ending to game two, and nobody wanted to it see it. Out, it, it worked out. It certainly did. It definitely worked out the best because we we got we got away with like we didn't cheat. It was just like. There seemed to be like a misunderstanding, and we benefited from that. But Mike's team ended up winning anyway. But then we won in game three. We let the balls decide. So it came down to game three anyway. That would have been an, an absolute one of the biggest collapses ever. But fortunately, in game three, even though I got out early with Mike had, Mike had probably one of the best throws of his entire life when he skimmed it just enough over the ball that was covering my face 
so that he got me on the forehead and it was a clean out. And I'm like, that was a championship throw. It was a championship out. Yet Colin Richmond saved my ass by getting like an oh, like a uh, what we call it? Who's uh, like a Mario Manningham type catch on the sideline? Well, he caught it like on his knees on the half court line, right? Yeah, it, I mean, he had to like tiptoe to stay in line and like leaned against the basketball hoop and and had the ball in his knees, and that brought me back in. And also, I don't know who he got out on it. It might have been Michael. I'm not sure, but. It was the moment that swung everything because our team really rallied around that. And then immediately, by the time I make it onto the floor, we had two more outs, and all of a sudden it was down to six to three or six to two. And because when we won, it was really like my entire team was basically on the floor when we won. It was like, you know, it was another. There were two games. The two games we won in the finals really weren't all that close. Yeah. Well, actually, hats off to Mike. Mike had a really good tournament. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, this year he played really well. No, I know. I, I was like, I was very impressed. I was like, Mike, I didn't know you were getting better. Like, like I didn't know you were going to be better this year. I thought he was kind of just going to mail it in and be like, all right, like, we had our Super Bowl. We had, you know, everything went well. Time to just, like, hang him up. But, no, he actually, like, put it in. And he was one of the better players. Like, he made some plays. He got me out twice. Yeah. So, but it was a hell of a tournament. Um... I know you were rooting for me the moment your team went down because, like, I know there's, like, the lovable loser aspect of it, but also, like, the upset city that you bring. You know, like, an eight seed winning it all would have been something else. It has nothing to do with that. It's all just about protecting my dodgeball legacy. <laughs> you, couldn't even, you couldn't even give me this one. No. <laughs> it didn't matter to me if it was you, Nick Kudak, Brandon Canning, Al. <laughs> that's really funny um I, I i thought i was giving myself a little bit of like a clap but uh nope nope not at all tom just wanted to protect his own legacy that's classic tom brady right there just like it's all about it's all about your legacy and i get that but tom you can't i mean i think last year mike had a big crowd right like a lot of people were cheering for him in the end because mike had never won and, you know, like, anytime you're playing against Tom or John, everyone's going to root for the other guy because, well, Tom and John have won plenty of times. So that's why Mike got the ovation last year. But when I was in the finals, people were chanting my name. Like, they really wanted me to win. And it's not even like Mike's a perennial powerhouse. Mike had just got his first win last year. So to hear my name getting chanted and to see your parents pretty pumped for me to beat Mike. That was a pretty well, special moment. She was, she was my biggest champion. She was my biggest champion. She was so thrilled. The pictures show. She was, I mean, the pictures show it right there when she's handing me the trophy. She's like, yes. And speaking of which she almost jinxed it. In game two, she had the trophy ready to roll and was walking up 97 Indians style. Oh, my God. Like, I'm so glad I didn't know that because if I had known she was coming up, I would have been like, we're doomed. We're already doomed. Not to mention uh, one of the kids on my team, Nolan, he told me afterwards, he was like, hey, I wanted to let you know uh, I had lost in three straight finals before this. I'm like, if you had told me before the finals that, I would have just lost my mind. Like, I don't need that bad juju. The kid Nolan, he actually, I think he went to prom with KK. He was wearing a Cubs hat and a Maryland shirt, but, uh... Oh, he, yeah, yeah, I know him. He's good. Yeah, no, he's, he's, yeah, he's good. My team, like, my team was really good this year. Like, I had a lot of guys make some, like, nice plays. And, like, obviously Colin made that, like, incredible catch. But, like, even guys like Cully and Tuzio, they knew, they knew what they needed to do for our team to do well. And they kind of played like yeah, that small ball. Yeah, yeah. And and the thing about like like Cully and Tuzio is they played like the small ball that they know Hewitt and I can't play. So like that was my problem was like last year I had the biggest team of all time. Like literally like six guys that were like six one or bigger. And it was like we had no defense. We were all just arms. Well, you draft that way though, Jake. Well, I mean, you only draft two players. You know, so like the, it's you know it's part part that, 
But also, I was 3-0 in prelims last year and then fell apart. This year was the complete opposite. But I did. This year, I drafted Hewitt and I drafted Tuzio thinking, I, you know, Tuzio's been around, you know, and he and he was good. And he knows, he kind of knows how to play and knows what to do. So that was, like, really helpful for me. Quick little fact about the, the draft, how you drafted uh, Chris Hewitt first overall, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was that was pretty that was funny. Down, that, that was, was and you know what you know what the crazy thing was too is I was looking at Brandon Hewitt as in maybe I should draft him. I've had him before, but I but the t- the year I had him, he was assigned to my team and he never threw. And then towards the end of the tournament, he started gunning, and I'm like, where the hell did this arm come from? I wish I'd known about this in prelims, which was why in he this played, he played really well. Yeah, no, he, he, I mean, he's become, I mean, he, hey, he was the number two overall draft pick this year, and he's good, so. Well, it's getting, it's getting very, it's very evening out, like, you know, yeah. year three and four, if there were some sort of like team that just uh, kind of ran away with it, now it's, you know, it's giving, there's not as much tradition on the online, people would just say. Yeah, I mean, you see, like, because basically all the draft picks are, like, high school, like, you know, high high school or, like, young college kids, like, that's, like, where the league has gone now and which like makes sense i mean it's not like mike is and and you have like all of our friends here anymore like i think in your friend group it was like me and and like denver everything else was younger than us right oh yeah and it's been that way for five years yeah yeah no you're right and i mean none of mike's friends ever were really all that into it anyway so it's always been like the younger john's crowd no no they were never they were never part of that that was great, though. That was great. I mean, and next year, so this was ninth year. The rumor is next year, the tenth year, will be the finals. This, uh, can you confirm this, or is this still That's debated? The rumor. I mean, when I win and get my fourth championship and retire as Tom Brady, I mean, it's gonna be great. Man, four and yeah, ten—that's a dynasty. Yeah, yeah. I mean, geez, that would be that would be very Tom Brady of you to do that. Four and ten is is something. It's crazy to consider that we might have two dynasties going on right now between you and John. Usually, you don't see two dynasties at once. So maybe that fourth will be the deciding factor of who is actually the di- the dodgeball dynasty. Well, that's it. We're both going to be, me and John are both going to be holding each other's breath. Because now Mike's out. Mike can't even tie. Yeah, no, it's just, it's either a tie with you guys or one of you guys, like it's it's no other options because, I mean, I know a couple people have gotten some championship, like Verge has some championships from Afrosillo, but we're talking captains here. Like you could oh, be, Matt you could be. I mean, if somebody gets four, they have four of them. I'll give it to them. Yeah, no, you're right. Like if a guy gets four, you got to give him, you know, the credit for he that. Three in a row. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty wild. And Not to mention and and a finals and a finals appearance too. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean that's nothing nothing to shame there. I mean that's great, but it just I and every time I explain this to people that don't go and don't see this, I'm like, no, it's different when you're a captain because it's all the pressure is on you. Like you could be assigned to any team and ride coattails. Like that's that's doable. But you know, me and you, we don't get to ride coattails. We we have to get the job done. And for eight years, I did not get the job done. My team often fell early and fell hard and this year i mean it wasn't all me it was a good team and uh and it was a tournament to remember to say, say the least it was a magical run, it was a magical, a magical run hell of a birthday weekend for me i mean can't ask for much more after that and i mean i had two cousins come in cousin sean was a cousin rookie al. this year cousin al he is no rookie uh cousin al's been around for quite some time now He's, I think he's been, this was his fifth year doing this. Cousin Al's got an arm. Cousin Al, he's got a cannon. Ooh, and then Cousin Sean. Cousin Sean, the, the youngin', the 20-year-old Cousin Sean coming in, real rook. I want Cousin Josh on my team. Oh, man. I, I wish Cousin Josh would come out for one of these. That would be something. Cousin Josh, Cousin Josh isn't in the same shape, though. Cousin Josh isn't in the same shape you remember from 2006, though, Tom. Time is... It's okay. He's a gamer. I know he is. He's a gamer. I mean, and, and you know what? College pitcher still has an arm. Like, you don't take... That doesn't go away to 10 years later. Like, he still has the arm. Yeah, 
Hopefully. Who knows? <laughs> so, but I mean, Tom, I appreciate it. This has been, this has been great talk. You got anything else for the interview? No, I'm just ready to come back on after I uh, draft the championship team in a couple weeks. Yeah, so, okay, so Tom's hinting on our fantasy football league. We've got to draft the day our your bachelor party ends. So what we'll do is we'll come back after the bachelor party. We'll draft early in the afternoon whenever, you know, you, Chris, and I arrive. And we'll just go whenever we're ready. So th- that'll be a fun week. I'll definitely have to have you on after the draft that week. So that, like... Last week of August, you'll definitely come on for fantasy football because you're definitely going to want to brag to me about who you've got. Well, like, I think I'm going to get Julio and Antonio Brown again. But, like, you have a discount this year. Oh, a discounted number one and two receiver. Awesome. Well, I think people want the running backs. We'll see, Jake. We will see. You know what? This Zeke Elliott thing is really throwing me right now because I thought I was going to be all in on Zeke. And now him possibly getting suspended and them dragging it out is really throwing me for a little curveball. So. Don't worry about it, Jake. Just take Lamar Miller. Oh, now you're like digging in. Lamar Miller was just a glorified Frank Gore last year. That was a tough one. <laughs> All right, we'll save it for next time. All right, absolutely. Will do, Tom. I'll talk to you. All right, thanks, Roger. All right. And that was Tom Scotto, uh, good friend of mine and... Obviously, one of the dodgeball veterans in the Scotto Dodgeball Tournament. You heard it, three-time champion, going for his fourth in the final year. You know, in four and ten years, that would be quite some dynasty. So, uh, we appreciate Tom, appreciate Sarah Swenerton for coming on, too. Had two really good interviews this week. But we'll finish it up with a a little uh, one-minute movie review action, because I can't say enough about Dunkirk. Uh, this movie, if you haven't heard, not much dialogue in this movie, but it's Christopher Nolan's return to the big screen. He has been away for a couple of years after, you know, the Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises and all that ended. But it was Chris Nolan's big return to the screen, and it did not disappoint. I'm a big war movie fan. This was World War One, which actually is usually doesn't get all the films. You know, you've seen, you know, films from like World War Two all the time. But World War One doesn't really get that notoriety, and it's uh, if you haven't heard what it's about, it's the French and the English were evacuating, and they kind of got pinned into one corner of an island where they're basically sitting ducks, and it's it's quite a brutal movie, and it's a little complicated because they have uh, different timelines going on at the same time for different characters, and but it is really intense. It's something else. Um, I know a lot of girls watched it because of Harry Styles being in it, and I think uh, he did all right. I think Harry Styles was fine. They kind of made him like a, a douchey character, but he was good at that. I think they did feed him a little bit too much on the lines. Like they, there was some stuff that was like unnecessary. They could have just made him like a little bit quieter, and it would have been a perfect fit. But I get it. I know, like you know, you pay Harry Styles to be in your movie. You want to. You get your Harry Styles worth when you get them on. So, but if you get a chance to see Dunkirk, see it in theaters too. It is uh, it's coming to Bradley Beach Cinema, uh, August eleventh, Friday, August eleventh will be the first day. It's at uh, the Bradley Beach Cinema, and I'm really looking forward to that because I'm probably going to go see it again. It is really intense, but it's a really good movie, and it's a cool history lesson because I didn't know anything about this until the movie came out. So I would suggest anyone who gets a chance to go see Dunkirk, 10.0, 10.0, 10 out of 10 movie. So yeah, so that's that's my week. This was a great episode. Talked a lot of Bachelor, talked a lot of Dodgeball. I mean, those are the two things that went on for me this week. It was a hell of a birthday for me. I had a great time with all my friends at the Parker House on Friday. Then I got the big surprise of seeing my cousin Sean come in from Ohio and cousin Al, who I already knew was coming in. We had a great time with my cousin Kate and my sister Maggie. You know, this was late night at Parker House. And then we went to DJ's, which was a great time. The dodgeball tournament on Saturday. And then the Scotto party afterwards was just phenomenal. Ran into my cousin Derek, his girlfriend Anya, Derek, who designed my logo, which I can't thank him enough for. And then Sunday was family day, where we celebrated my birthday with my mom's side of the family, and then went to dinner with my parents and my sister. 
and then saw Game of Thrones. And if you if you had, don't watch Game of Thrones or if you're planning on watching it, turn it off now because I'm about to jump into this was this possibly this episode of Game of Thrones had possibly my favorite scene ever, which was the Field of Fire. Now there have been rumors about this Field of Fire scene coming on. It's it's in the history books that it it happened a long time ago, but this was kind of like a recreation of it. I really thought Jamie was going to eat it uh, when he was charging Danny. I really thought Jamie was going to get eaten by a dragon or burnt to a crisp, and the final scene would be just seeing his like gold hand just sitting there in the dirt. But Braun saved him. Uh, we found out that the scorpion can injure uh, Drogon, who the biggest of Danny's dragons. So we know that that's a problem. None of the big characters died, which was a shock. I really thought one of the big characters would eat it. There were like you know, there's only nine episodes left, and yet they're taking away deaths from us. They're not making them on screen. You know, these big deaths, they're not really showing us. Olena died off screen. Um, the Sand Snakes, two of them died on screen. One of them died off screen. We don't know what Yara Greyjoy is doing right now. And uh, we don't know what um, Alaria Sand, if she's alive or whatnot. So a lot of things going on. But this episode of Game of Thrones, it was the shortest ever Yet, it was the best bang for your buck because it ended with the best 13-minute scene I could possibly think of. See, anytime you get to see someone's face the first time they see a dragon, it is, like, priceless. It is really cool stuff. So, yeah. That's my Game of Thrones little recap. We're going to definitely get into it. There's only, I think, three episodes left this season. So, we're going to do that. I'm going to try and get this on iTunes this week. We're going to put it on SoundCloud. So, I'll be on SoundCloud Hopefully I'll be on iTunes. Uh, my good friend TJ and uh, my other good friend Drew is helping me out with getting this all situated because uh, I'm ready to step it up. I'm ready to put you on iTunes and, and start taking over the world that way. But thanks again for listening. Uh, hopefully you'll come back next week. I'll be talking about I'm going to a Bill Burr show tomorrow. So I'll probably include a little talk on Bill Burr. And uh, yeah, it, it'll be fun. Can't wait. All right, we got fantasy football coming up too. Joe Rapola, uh, NFL preview with Zach Flaherty. A lot of fun stuff coming in the month of August. All right, so everyone, take care. Waiting for